Hey listeners, welcome to the At Intellect podcast. Today we have with us Prashant Mahajan, who's the founder of Zira.io. Zira is a platform that focuses on making product management simpler and smarter. Prashant is a product person at heart who has built some of the most successful products across the globe with great companies. He has been a mentor, speaker and an advisor on various platforms and communities. My conversation with Prashant takes multiple different tangents throughout. We start with his product management journey which ultimately led him to build Zira. Prashant also shares his pre-seed and seed fundraising experience and how he built a stellar founding team. There's also a bonus question towards the end where I ask Prashant on how to get into product management without a tech background or an MBA. So without further ado, let's jump straight into the show. Hey Prashant, welcome to the Ad Like podcast. Uh, really glad that you're here, even though you have such a busy schedule, uh, you know, building Zira and uh, whatnot. So thanks, thanks for your time, um, and thanks for you know pitching in and doing this. Thanks, Kinshuk, for having me on board. And really have heard your couple of episodes, and I think this is what eighteenth. Um. So yeah, this would be eighteenth. Okay. Yeah. So I have checked out a couple of them and really good uh, thing you are doing. And I think we should have more podcast and more people share the, sharing their story so that we can learn from it and probably do less mistakes, I think. Yeah. No, that that's, that's, that's a great notion. And probably that's what really motivates me to do this on a regular basis. Um, cool. So uh, like when I was... Uh, when I was preparing for this podcast, I was going through your profile and then your story, uh, generally, which I do for every guest on LinkedIn. And a lot of really um, unique things stood out, uh, which we'll discuss later in the in the podcast. Um, but I think the best place to begin this it will be uh, with your journey. So uh, I'll, I'll go through your journey from what I could grab uh, from you know LinkedIn and all these sources. And then... Um, you can pitch in as well with with certain uh, anecdotes that you might have. So you graduated in 2015 from NIT Jalandhar and directly moved into the world of product management, starting with Paytm. Um, yeah. yeah. So post Paytm, then you heard, uh, held a, a few product leadership roles. So one was with Tokopedia, which is, I think, an e-commerce conglomerate based in Indonesia. And then Branch which I think is a digital mobile growth platform based in California. Yeah. Um, one thing that really stood out to me when I was, you know, going through, through your journey was that, so just after your graduation, you directly jumped into the world of product management, which I think is not, you know, the traditional path. Uh, I might be wrong here, but like I, I hadn't seen this very uh, frequently before. Uh, like most grads would, you know, work as a software developer and then then probably move into the world of product management, probably get an MBA and then move uh, at a later stage. Or, you know, at least start as a developer or start as a business analyst, go as a product analyst and then, you know, product management. So my my question was that how, how, how did you manage to, you know, jump directly uh, into product management with Paytm, which I think at that time was uh like was a newer company right so i think they were yeah. building at that point of time they were not that famous that adopted at that point of time so how did you make that plunge 
Uh, so basically, I got lucky, I'll say, right place, right time, and I had the right skills, I'll say, to get into that. So I remember Paytm, and back then people knew it as 197, came yeah. to our college to uh, get high business analyst because mm-hmm. we were not MBA people, we they were hiring business analysts. And I actually was very shitty at that interview. I could not qualify. And then I was talking to this person who was taking interviews, uh, you know, that chai futta break, all those things. Mm-hmm. And I was telling him how they can make their mobile app better. Now, okay. I did not know back then that what is product management, user experience and anything like that. Mm-hmm. And we were in that time in college, we were not actually doing internships or anything like that in mm-hmm. particular i told him few things he asked me a few questions i told him okay how based on my profile the paytm homepage could be better and why they are sh- now i know that is called personalization recommendation collaborative filtering back then it was just one kid who was giving product ideas and trying to make a product better mm-hmm. they liked it and the person was vp of product so he said okay. that Okay, would, uh, I didn't know that. So he said that, would you like to consider product position? Because definitely you suck at business analyst and you could be a good product guy. He took okay. his uh, chance and I hope I did not let him down. I actually launched Paytm QR code, the first oh. version of Paytm QR code. So I think it went out to be good journey overall. Great, great. That's a great story. So just, just to pause there. So you, you were hanging out basically with somebody who was taking your interview as a business analyst. Yeah. Okay. And that interview really went bad. And then you convinced him to that. You, you are keen with product, even though not formally, but you had some interest there and he got convinced and got you as a uh, product manager out there. And that happened on the same day, like the same time when the, when Paytm was there as a to hire business analysts. Yes. Wow, that's that's really a good play of chances, I think. Uh, I know, but, I know. But yeah, I think it shows how important it is to you know interact with with people, um, you know, and how can one thing lead to another, and you know, just change the career tra- trajectory. Great, great. Great. All right. So, um, so you moved from Paytm to Tokopedia to Branch, um, and then the journey, which ultimately led you to found uh, Zira with with Weber, who's your co-founder. Um, so, so first it was product management, and then you quickly then also pivoted into product leadership. Right with with I think Tokopedia and then uh, Branch as well. So, how did your role into product evolved as you transitioned from management to leadership? I think uh, as a product manager, you are more or less doing a lot of execution work. You are talking to people and you're making PIDs, writing PIDs, doing all those stuff. Uh, When you become a product leader, you started getting involved in the strategy discussions, the company level roadmap planning, not just product level you start building the processes instead of building the product and you start building a product team you are a mentor or at least 
you might not be leading or managing them directly but at least you have people whom you have to mentor who look up to you and your overall uh, say in the company increases so i think that transition uh, happened in tokopedia when i joined the team as a senior pm product lead and then senior product lead uh, i built a team i built products i started getting involved in the entire strategy and that continued in branch also and that has actually helped me in building a great a uh, team overall in vet uh, also okay that's that's a great uh, distinction so so product when you're a product manager you you're basically focus focus on the product itself and and the metrics and everything but when you transition to leadership you have some people's responsibility as well like people might reach out to you for 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 strategy for for the company's vision and other you know more high level stuff which you take yeah. care for okay that's that's great cool so um uh now we can i think uh, talk about zira um i think i think you also have a really interesting story behind how you started zira um which we were i think going through in 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 the last uh call that we that we had right where i think you you told a very profound story and i think it's also on your linkedin which i was reading that how you came about founding zira so um i think uh, so when you were at branch um and the pandemic struck and things happened which really motivated you to start zira so can you just take us through that story uh, first before we dive into the product specific questions so basically when i was at branch uh, i was anyway transitioned into from product management to product leader and yeah. then as i said when you become a product leader you are responsible for setting up a process you want things to be more structured you want to have, be part of strategy you want to make product strategy and company level roadmap and i realized there is no good tool out there i started looking out back then could not come up with anything and then thought this could be done better mm-hmm. i probably i started actually before starting the veda i started talking to people mm-hmm. that why why they are uh, how successful they are how good they are at product management what are their challenges and so on a lot of people actually told me they were not happy and when you have i talked to like 500 600 people then when enough people tell you they are not happy they are not satisfied mm-hmm. and you could relate to the problem when you know there could be a solution you, and that's actually which something which gave me the direction and which gave me uh, enough motivation to start fed out okay so you from what i understand you were um you wanted to you wanted to solve a, a personal problem as a product manager because you yourself felt that uh there no tools or a suite which could cater to the product team in a better way and uh, then you uh did this user research which uh, which i had called to see that you know if your feelings are uh, coherent with other folks as well and then when you realize that you know it's definitely a problem with other other teams other people as well you you thought of you know why not just uh, take a jump and build something which uh, which is which is more product centric in an organization 
Yeah. Great. So uh, Zira again is from what I could gather uh, is a product management suite, which brings, you know, all the essential things required to, you know, define, manage and collaborate. That is all product needs under one place, under one roof. Um, so do you want to add to this uh, in any way, or is it like the correct definition of the product? Uh, so I'll say that the actually what we are trying to do is mm -hmm. you are like end-to-end product management, but we divide it into collecting all the requests at one place, uh, analyzing and generating insight from those requests, uh, then planning which one do you want to pick based on company resources, OKR, prioritization into a roadmap, and then executing them out. So the entire product life cycle, we do cover it. Great, great. Awesome. So you started Zida um, in, the, uh, in the middle of the pandemic and yeah. definitely things, things were bad, I think, before, but then uh, once you really get, uh, had to get go with the product, things started becoming better, but uh, still you might have faced certain challenges in the, in the journey, right? So can you share some, uh, shed some light on how was the fundraise process like? So you raised you have raised like a pre-seed and a seed round up until now. And I think you raised nearly $450,000 in the pre-seed and then $1.2 million recently uh, in the seed round from some notable investors. So can you take us through, you know, uh, how was the, the fundraise process like? How did you, uh, how did you meet the investors? How did you pitch, you know, the, the product? Was the prototype ready at the pre-seed round? So uh, actually, we did not have a product for a very long time. We raised the uh, funding without product. We had a prototype of Figma file, like what we will build, not actually something working. There was nothing besides the website and a Figma file. So we actually started building the product somewhere in April or May uh, of the year, while we had already closed our pre-seed and then we were closing our Feed on. Uh, so what we actually, what got sold and what people uh, trusted us was the problem, that mm -hmm. there exists a problem. So I think for any good successful funding, especially at early stage, you need to have a good enough problem, a problem which people can relate to, a problem which is either big enough, like it has a very big market, in our case, almost like $10 billion market, it is frequent. Like you might not have a big market, but if the use case is high, the frequency becomes so big that the volume justifies the price. Yeah. And then it is a vitamin versus painkiller, like immediate problem which people want to solve. We actually qualified for first two for sure, like big enough market and a, on a daily use case. Vitamin versus painkiller, we took some time to justify. Uh, one more, so that is one part. And the so other Zira, one Zira is a painkiller or vitamin? Uh, it is transitioning from being a vitamin to painkiller, I'll say. Okay. So that is there. Uh, we, so this is market, the big enough problem. Then the second part is your team. 
are you the right people to follow it we just because i have been working as a product manager in various companies and countries have built the team weber has developed infrastructure from scratch he has worked with startup understood the product development cycle you know he was the right and thirdly if your direction or the product because everyone knows honestly the first version of the product will change will iterate will pivot but do you have a right direction that these are the three thing which early stage investors look for market slash problem people and the uh, direction in which you are going and in our case we had these things sorted now coming to how we found the investors a uh, people whom i worked with from ptm tokopedia uh, branch and they kind of helped me either invest or they helped me connect with the people mm-hmm. uh, we once we started getting one check five you know people share it out so yeah. the problem which we were solving was very relatable to the founders so a lot of founders of aspiring mind somato uh, bright champs and traction and go find and everyone started uh, kind of associating with the problem mm-hmm. and that's it so then we kind of started getting inbound interest we ended up raising money uh, and that's the journey awesome awesome i think i think that's a, that's a nice story um so so basically w- once you decided that you have to raise money so you went to you know your first degree connections to your uh, uh probably leaders uh, in paytm or tokopedia and branch and then that x person who got interested brought y and z person right uh, and it very like what we call network effects that came into play and then that helped you you know raise even more uh, money from great investors uh, down the line awesome and so you mentioned webhub so just uh, i was curious about you know how was like first i think how did you meet webhub and uh then how did you you know collectively decide that you you both need to build this and then how was you know building that founding team or the early 5 to 10 member team like uh initial stages with sida so i know webhub now it's been more than 3 years i think yeah so i met to a constraint uh at a party and then we became friends and then when i was building my team at branch the product engineering center for apac i asked him and he joined uh then during covid we spent a lot of time together brainstorming and when the, we were discussing this problem it was he also agreed with the problem and uh start took a leap of faith with me in this mm-hmm. and yes it's been going great so uh i think weber also agreed that this problem is good enough and you know that mindset to build something of your own was there uh mm-hmm. plus we had a common understanding and respect so we started it out challenge was to hire people uh it is in middle of pandemic people don't want to change a job they don't want to risk especially with a startup mm-hmm. it's a uh, uh and on the other hand remote uh, first and uh very expensive hiring is happening with the people who had money 
so it was either zero or like you have to spend a lot of money mm-hmm. now how do you convince people at that time mm-hmm. i think you cannot fight with money especially early stage founders uh, mm-hmm. you don't have enough money to fight so okay. that is no point uh, what you can sell is the vision mm-hmm. that why this problem will be good enough and why this problem will be worth solving and how you you are the right company and when you guys start together you will also get the part of the company what i mean to say is that ownership esops mm-hmm. so we give that up uh third thing is once they join them don't treat them like a uh just a normal employee they are your teammate they are the people who are who trusted you they took the leap of faith they left their comfortable jobs they left their you know high paying salaries and everything to join you mm-hmm. provide them with the respect with the admiration with the uh celebrations with every story you have and related to the company and uh, appreciate their work so the culture you provide is going to make them stay it's been more than one year for people to be part of veda mm-hmm. and i'm happy and proud to say that we had almost zero attrition so far uh, so just the culture just the uh, growth just the uh, bigger vision is going to help them out help you out to get them on board actually so that's that's i think a great great way to put it uh, congratulations for you know zero attrition especially in such a volatile market where people have been moving back and forth uh, very recently um a lot of job changes to be seen so that's that's great um so the, like i'm sure you know during the early sales you you must have interviewed uh, like majority of the team before uh, hiring them do you still do interviews with every every uh, person okay yeah and you plan I to continue to do as you expand the workforce so there'll be like some breaking point where you yeah, like uh, now i can leave this due to do someone else i think uh, i don't have the number at which i'll stop doing it but mm-hmm. i would prefer to at least talk to everyone who joins eda not yeah. not just because i want to know them i want them to know me i want them to know the vision the and i think no one can better explain the vision or the story or the purpose than a founder so yeah. you should definitely continue doing that and honestly i have seen uh people start doing it uh, post hiring maybe mm-hmm. uh but uh, let's see when that happen i've seen founders at least they talk once the hire has been done i have seen it at tokopedia i have seen it at uh, paytm i have seen it at branch i think i no founder should ever stop that yeah definitely and i think it's a good experience from a from the interviews standpoint interview standpoint as well like they get to know the who the founder is and then they get to know that they are taking the time to you know actually spending that 15 20 30 45 minutes with them really makes them feel valuable as well so that's that's great um coming back uh, to you know the the whole product uh 
product market fit, I, I'd say about, about Zira. So um, um, this question is more about how does the Zira suite fits on into that, like a typical SaaS toolkit that a, that a company would have. So having worked at, you know, large scale organizations like Amazon Expedia, like I, what I understand is that organizations have a standard suite of tools, you know, which they would use across the organization. So like Salesforce for CRM uh, sales uh, and then Slack and Teams for communication, Jira for bug tracking, Confluence, GitHub, different IDs for software. Now, where does, uh, you know, Zira fit into this ecosystem? And I, I think it's a similar setup for, you know, startups and small scale companies. The names might be different. The scale might be different, but mostly it's, it revolves around that. So where does Zira fit into this ecosystem? So Veta uh, is basically right now product management juggle between multiple tools. Mm. What we want to do is reduce that juggling. We want to provide one home for product managers. Mm. You rightly mentioned a couple of tools and I'll say that uh, how you have HubSpot for marketing, you have Figma for designers, you have CRM tools, you have GitHub for developers. We want mm. to be that for PMs. Okay. Anything and everything which PM needs, we'll try to provide it over the course of lifetime of VEDA. But uh, currently also, we cover most of the use cases and that's where VEDA comes in. We become the go-to hub for PMs and this hub then integrates with developer tools, designer tools, marketing tools, sales support and so on. So that there's a communication and flow of information between various tools. Okay. So Zeta is not uh, set to replace any tool which is currently existing in the suite. It's it's more of an add-on. Yeah. So basically, we do uh, replace Excel sheets and Notion docs and a couple of other uh, tools which are being used. Like we can be a feedback collection tool. We could be a project management tool. We could be a documentation tool. But more or less, we want to. Uh, creative category of my own. Actually, there are a couple of tools like AHA and Product which exist in the market, uh, but it's still a relatively new market with less number of players and mm -hmm. we would want to become one. Great, great. Yeah, that's a nice way to put it. Uh, this brings me to the uh, the follow-up question. So, like before Zira, Zira's birth and, you know, when you are, you were a product manager at, at various organizations, uh, can you just uh, share some light on what, what was the traditional way of doing product planning and collaboration? This is pre-Zira. And then how Zira comes into that picture and, you know, just uh, transforms the way PMs would work. So currently in most of the organization, you start your day with going through emails as a PM. Mm -hmm. Then you will have a stand-up meeting. Then you will uh, spend a lot of time on project management tools, going through Excel sheets. And then you will be going to some dashboard to see analytics. You will be, uh, again, going in a lot of meetings, a lot of Zoom calls. Uh, you will be doing, uh, even for user research, you'll be asking questions, you'll be going to video websites, checking out competition, and probably looking and keeping your roadmap up to date on another Excel sheet. 
in this you see that we have not been productive because we are jumping between multiple two on two inflow basis and that context switching that uh, mental load reduces the productivity and you don't get time now after zeta what happens is you have to open zeta all your customer feedback all your new requests from the people all your uh, documentation all your analytics all your roadmaps everything is at one place you can take an action you can just that friction of jumping between tools is taken care and because our tool connects with the other uh, team members so you your time to do meetings also reduce because you are not going to meetings more often your business team can give you request directly on zeta you you can create uh, sync with engineering team from zeta and so on so your time to meetings reduce and that's where zeta fits in to make you more productive make your product management most centralized and streamlined and in the end helping you ship better and faster products yeah great that's that's awesome i've i've worked with a couple of product managers in the past uh, in both amazon and expedia and from from the type of workload that they have anything which can make their lives simpler i think will be more or less welcomed by them and and the company so they they definitely have a lot on their plate and i think what i can get a sense of uh, from zira is that it can definitely at least reduced some friction or some stress uh, from from their mind and then they can focus more on their work and get things done quicker i think so that's that's i think a great story to pitch uh, pitch in uh, to to the ideal customer base which really brings me to the next question um what sort of customer base are you targeting currently like are you targeting um, relatively young product driven startups or large companies who are you know who are focused into you know improving their product landscape and drive more product innovation so um, or it's probably a mix of both where are you, where is your focus currently um as a company our focus is on mid market mm-hmm. meaning uh, we do have a startup program so startups can anyway sign up it's we give them uh, discount when free uh, duration uh and once they become big enough because i we are a startup so we know that in early stage any money which could you could save and you can uh, focus on your product is helpful so mm-hmm. for startup we don't charge uh, much for mid market that's why go uh, mm-hmm. currently because for the enterprise companies the sales cycle is longer yeah. you need to have a lot of dedicated team solutioning team your uh, customer success your customer support and so on mm-hmm. and the compliance part like soc yeah. 2 compliance and couple of other compliances which you are undergoing with mm-hmm. so uh, current focus mid market uh, companies and especially saas companies because uh, we just had to pick between one and i think current tool uh, will be great with saas companies so mm-hmm. mid market saas companies uh, that is our focus and eventually we will be expanding we are currently also uh, onboarding a lot of unicorn companies and things like that mm-hmm. but i think in terms of demand gen lead gen and i focus it's mid market saas awesome uh, yeah and 
in what stage the product is mm-hmm. uh, it's uh, available we actually try to keep the cycle small uh, in the current stage because a lot of feedback is coming a lot of feature requests is coming we have to prioritize we have to build and mm-hmm. we want to make a product at so great level that when we ship it out people love it so we mm-hmm. actually have pay, paying customer right now we have a uh, current product is being used and tested by 40 50 companies uh, we have few couple of paying customers and the customers range all the way from startups to unicorns all the mm-hmm. way from usa to philippines okay. uh, so we have a great amount of people who are using the product awesome awesome that's that's great uh, all right so um, i think we can we can pause the product and the zeta's discussion for a bit um, i had reserved this this part for some fun lighthearted questions which i really wanted to ask you um more about you yourself your journey and you know what do you like to do in your free time and stuff like that um uh-huh. but what yeah one one really important and one question just i was personally curious about was around mentorship so um as a founder i think it's really important to have certain people around you you know who can you know when things go south you can go to them ask for advice uh, on on something if you're not able to decide something uh whether it's you know around zira or something uh, about your life in general so uh, do you have certain people in your life and if yes and who they are if you want to share yeah so definitely uh, it's very important to know or have people who can help you out your friends your family but yeah. a lot of time especially in my case like no one has done this entrepreneurial journey no one is into tech startups and so on so it become very tough to talk to wow. your friends and family in those cases uh people from work when i say work in these could be people in the past company people from uh, your network and so on i have a very good executive coach uh, he uh, we get on a call he helps me out he also an ex colleague also mm-hmm. i also have mentors from the industry couple of us my angel investors do take out time and uh, help me out uh, whenever i need it whenever i'm feeling low or whenever i have to brainstorm i reach out to those people other than that there have been people who are not investors or not my direct contacts but uh, i would have met them in my journey uh, who might have a special expertise in some area or even you know i'll be catching up with them in couple of uh, sometime and then i reach out to them uh, whenever i need help and again they are good enough people to help me out awesome awesome that's great that's that's very nice one one question which just popped up in my mind um just wanted some clarification so uh, I, i keep on talking to you know early stage founders every now and then and then so people definitely who who are still building something and haven't raised money has this kind of a misconception or a notion that you know once you raise money once you get some investors on board your mm-hmm. control on that product on on that vision is kind of diluted so uh, do you like is that is that true within the industry like 
like how does Not your the conversations between your investors and you happen so i think investors give you opinion or give mm-hmm. you feedback mm-hmm. do you want to follow them or not is up to you unless until you know they have majority board seat and so on but still i think even in that case most of the investors trust you mm-hmm. and as as long as they trust you and they uh they also want the growth of the company in the end that's the ultimate goal of everyone working with a company mm-hmm. a founder employee investor that the company should benefit and grow mm-hmm. uh and because you have started the company you have the vision you understand the ins and outs most investors trust you and especially uh in the early stage investment people want to give you freedom they want you to uh, do things they will get, give you feedback on gtm on product on the vision everything but i haven't met anyone so far who is pushing you to change it because otherwise they will not invest in you right they would have not invested in the product uh generally even in the later stage what i have seen is due to certain factors of founder not becoming ruthless or a branch or something or the market situation changes mm-hmm. and then you realize that at this stage of the company the needs have changed mm-hmm. then uh, investors come in but otherwise most of the investors have their own job to do their own work to do and they also have a lot of other companies to and the fund to manage no one uh, does that great great so they 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 are there most for for guidance when you need them yeah. but they don't di- dictate on the daily activities or how you should definitely yeah definitely no awesome that's that's great um coming on to you know your favorite hobbies or any mindfulness practices that you have so like definitely founding and running a startup is a very very tough job to do and it takes a toll on you earlier before this discussion we were joking about how many meetings you had scheduled for the day so yeah. how do you keep yourself sane in in all this uh, storm that that happens almost every day do you have any hobbies mindfulness practices uh i do have use headspace i used to be quite often in that now that have reduced a bit i do like to read so every day i'll spend some time reading i do uh take a break now and then just to clean up my head uh could be watching movie could be going out i think mental burnout is a big thing in founder journey mm-hmm. a lot of people face that and i have seen that being one reason where founder gave up mm-hmm. so uh you should take takes now and then no nothing is going to crash in one day or a week mm-hmm. um other than that i think i do uh come home by walking it's 2 3 km walk okay and that time actually gives me to either think or just play music or just you know not think sometime just mm-hmm. watch what's happening in the world great so these small uh, escapes in a day is what you try to do to you know ready Uh, keep yourself mindful about everything and just try to relax and calm you down that's 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 really nice um 
just out of curiosity um how does what does your typical day look like like uh are you like an early morning person or a late night person and then do you straight away just wake up start working or do you have some routine as well in, in place yeah so my day generally i sleep early 11:30 or 12 i okay. wake up around 7 730 mm-hmm. um i will go uh, spend some time just playing with my dog she's outside and then okay. i'll probably go to uh gym i am trying to make that also a regular habit make okay. my breakfast go to work uh go through the news then stand up start then have a couple of other in meetings of the day talk to a customer go through the uh roadmaps and vedar dashboard and uh talk to people what's happening i try to do one on one now uh then as i said uh, the day goes like that come back uh walking that cleans up the mind uh, come back home spend time with my girlfriend or uh just watch something do mm-hmm. i'm uh yeah and then you might have one call meeting or interview or something like that which will yeah. be there and then then i try to just shut down read something uh sleep great that's actually a good schedule i mean it's not like most of what we what we read and what we see right people waking up at 5am straight away answering emails and, and doing crazy work hours that's that's good that's that's a pretty balanced schedule i think you you get time to do other other stuff as well so that's that's great um moving ahead um so uh, this this one really uh, was uh, something i wanted to ask so majority of your schooling and even in your engineering was was done from punjab right um how was it like growing up there in your early days then you 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 moved to bangalore i think uh Three years back, so it's been almost three years now. There, uh, so yeah, post COVID. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how, like, how, how, how has Bangalore been to you? And then, do you miss some, some stuff, some, uh, a few things from your early days in Punjab or probably the northern part of India? Oh, uh, so yeah, I did grow up all the while in Punjab, and uh, then I. then i got a chance to travel actually i was in indonesia was in usa i traveled 15 countries now almost oh. and it's been a good journey uh i'm the first one who moved out of my home town like in my family for study uh, for work actually mm. and the coming from a low middle class this has been great like i remember i was actually 24 when i took my first flight so it it was very new experience and then coming you traveling for work you getting international jobs and everything was never expected uh i actually was sharing the story that growing up i had an internship in gurgaon near cyber up that was a dream job like oh yeah mere ko to cyber it was my goal because i could yeah. not afford to go to the fancy restaurants there so i thought okay we'll get a job and then i'll go and that was my goal so now things have changed 
so in that so the journey has been great overall i came to bangalore uh, during covid did not travel much i was actually going to move to tokyo uh, but then i decided to start veda i came to bangalore last year in january uh, spent some time with weber when then found a place most of the early days were still locked down you know covid for, yeah. uh, concerns and then covid second wave happened i think started traveling only in june july i like the place uh, i like the vibe a lot of startups like a lot of the culture the people the vibe matches mm-hmm. i do miss one thing which is the north indian food mm-hmm. like the proper north indian food that is missing i come from it so so yeah i miss that uh, and i think i recently i was saying that one thing which i also miss is the saidi like you don't the weather is normal it's not too extreme too hot or yeah. too cold i'm glad with that but still in punjab the wind is so good in the winters uh, yeah. you sometimes miss that yeah i mean it's it's always you know in the winters you're just sitting outside with a bonfire and everything else uh, it's definitely it's something to be missed um but yeah bangalore's weather is probably you know, the best in india so that's that's great um and i i can relate to the food definitely it's a challenge especially if you're a foodie and you're from not not in part of india but i think slowly um a lot of places are popping up which are bridging that gap so uh, they they might be if places. you have good like really good places to share me out i i'm trying to find and bookmark them yeah no i, I remember because i spent two years in hyderabad uh Uh, i was not in bangalore though but hyderabad initially also i was very struggling to find good food places out there but eventually i, I was able to find a few restaurants which served really authentic uh, punjabi cuisine so that was that was nice um bangalore i haven't explored that much i've, I've been there for just just a period of few weeks uh, through work only so not sure but yeah i hope you find some good places soon um so you said that you read a lot so just want to ask um which book do you have your on your bedside table currently and what will be your top book recommendation to anyone uh so currently i'm reading ai 2041 uh, so oh. you are also reading it no so i i just uh, i did a podcast with the somebody who is a software de- developer um based in garam that was last saturday and she was reading the same exact book yeah so that's kind of uh, a bit uh, good trend i think i need yeah. to pick this up yeah so this is one and another one which i recently finished is freedom from the known and that is still on my bed uh, bed side so these okay. two books i a book which i will definitely recommend to people will be the homo uh, sapien series the homo sapien homo deus and 21st uh, 21 problem of 21st century it gives you very good look on past present and future and i think a very good perspective to how you look at the world okay okay that's that's great i would i i i will link all these books in the show notes so anyone who 
is curious can check these out that these are great recommendations is there a uh, is there a correlation between i think almost all uh, um i think tech founders that i've talked to read mostly science fiction and things about it's the true. future and the past is is there a correlation between that i'm like, not sure but i i think uh, people uh, it gives you a look into the future yeah so you you were always interested in science fiction and and things like these or something you recently acquired a taste no of? no no i i think i was always interested in science fiction i did mm-hmm. not understand how that will be possible and how that works earlier yeah. now i do earlier it was more like fascination now it's more like uh inspiration or understanding great yeah because i think entrepreneurs can only like they live a life that that is closest to what these books tell you so that that's that's great um yeah, yeah brings me to the last question um and then we also have one bonus question uh reserved for the for the later so this one is this i picked up from another podcast so won't take credit for that but it was really a good question really i was curious about to, uh, about this um so when you're old and you know you look back on your life how do you want people to remember you uh good question how do i want people to remember me i'll say there's a book called trillion dollar coach okay bill bill campbell mm-hmm. uh if possible that will be my thing people should remember me like that so what, what, what is called, is it about like, so there's this in... guy a uh, person called uh, bill campbell he was actually mm-hmm. he has affected all our life we may not know we may not realize but he was on board of apple google uh he influenced intel he influenced uh, facebook he influenced tesla he influenced uh like on 9 from 90s to 2010 15 almost all companies uh which we might directly or indirectly he was connected to so many people Mm-hmm. but not just top the thing is on his funeral uh the guy next to tim cook was his driver so that level of impact from all the way from small to big to every other person you meet mm-hmm. that he impacted everyone's life in a positive way so that's why they remembered him not for his money not for his fame not for anything but for mm-hmm. his positive impact Okay. and yeah that impact i want to leave that it should be a positive impact uh to at least few people awesome that's that's a great notion uh so leaving a positive impact um on everyone's life that's that's great and yeah. hopefully with your work and you know the the future projects that you work upon i think uh everything will fall into place and have that impact on on people and humanity uh so that's 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 awesome um quickly just wanted because i was i was i really was curious and i really enjoyed this talk that you 
you gave fairly recently, which was titled how to get into product management without an MBA or a tech background. Um, so I, while I was preparing for this podcast, I actually listened to this talk, really liked it. Uh, so that's why I wanted, you know, to, if you could share a few tips or, or a short summary of the talk with some actionable insights uh, on how people without an MBA or a tech background can pivot into product management, I think that'll be, that'll be great for the listeners. So, um, with more and more cohort-based courses coming in, with more and more things being available online, I think getting into product management has become very easy now. Mm-hmm. Uh, just go, in the simplest way, I'll say that you go for a, you search a problem, okay? And then start thinking how you will solve that problem. Mm-hmm. then divide the problem into various sections like the flow mm-hmm. go to google and find a no code solution for each of them plug it up and you have a solution now okay. go to market and uh, ask show the people and see what is the feedback and mm-hmm. then improve the product either you will learn most of the product management you mm-hmm. or you will have a successful idea and a startup or you will uh, have something to show when you are doing a this way or interview. So there's a simpler way and the highest with the highest of your life. Awesome. Awesome. So just, just, uh, you know, going out there, trying to understand what the problem is, building MVPs, like essentially what you already said, like no code solution is the basic MVP that you can build, test it out with the users. You, Either you learn something, either you you create a product or a startup, and you also learn the trade. Um, yeah. So, uh, like, when you are hiring for Zira, and you know, when you've, I think you might have earlier hired for Docopedia and you know, all other organizations you work for. Do is is the current hiring uh, practice? does it really looking forward somebody who's from an ABC institution has done this, 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 or they, they are also preferring, you know, more of a hands-on approach, uh, like you just mentioned. Yeah. So I'll be honest. Uh, we currently, uh, don't even, I don't know, uh, what are the degrees of people who's work in my company? I never asked. I never even know the college. Uh, previous company, maybe I know. Uh, in a couple of cases, I don't even know that. Mm-hmm. What I do uh, care now is that the skills, the culture fit, and the uh, willingness to learn. Everything else can be fixed up. Great, great. No, that uh, that's a great way to look at look, look at hiring, and um, I think Zira is on the pursuit of building a great team, and I think with this culture and with everything else, I think uh, you know the teams will get bigger and and more stronger, more aligned towards the product and the goals that you that you have. Um, awesome, I think I think that's a good way to end end the podcast. Uh, thank you again for your time, uh, Prashant really really grateful to you know carve out time for this within your busy schedule uh you could be doing a hundred other things but uh i'm glad that you are here um 
so really really anytime, grateful anytime. for that anytime right. uh, thanks for having me uh, it was amazing talking to you and sharing my journey and this was super helpful and people who are listening if i can be of any help feel free to ping me on linkedin awesome yeah i'll add your contact details in the show notes so anybody who's listening to this and want to reach out to you they can do that um thanks again prashant it was great talking to you okay uh hey listeners thank you for tuning in to add intellect the contact details of the guest and any additional relevant links are available in the show notes below we'd love to hear what you think about the podcast so please write to us on @intellect@gmail.com Until next time peace